Hi, and welcome to the Northern Connection podcast. My name's Emma, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about what myself, Rachel, Rebecca and Jules have planned for November's episodes. Now, when we came up with the idea for our podcast earlier this year, we called ourselves the Northern Connection simply because we all live in the North and we love the North, even if we're not all originally from the North. And I think you can probably tell from my accent that I'm not. In previous episodes, we've chatted about books from all over the world, but we wanted an episode which would focus purely on the North. And we found that we have way too much to fit into just one episode. So over the next few weeks in November, we're going to be bringing you some brilliant chats with Northern-based writers. First up, Rachel and I caught up with Tom Ashton. We loved chatting about books and the writing process with Tom, and we really hope that you enjoy this interview. So welcome to the Northern Connection, Tom Ashton. Tom is a novelist and short story writer who is based in Cumbria. Welcome, Tom. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Tom, you've had various short stories published and um, also a novel. And recently you have um, signed with a publisher. So we just wanted to ask you about your journey um, as a writer. Right, well, it's been bumpy and uncoordinated. Um, So basically how it happened was I graduated from uni with a degree in creative writing from the University of Derby. Um, I immediately expected to become a multi-million pound best-selling author. That didn't happen. Um, I wrote a few terrible novels that didn't get published by anyone. A lot of the time I found it quite difficult to finish writing a novel. Um, it's difficult to get those routines in place um, so I started writing short stories and that was I think that was a big part of like why I couldn't finish a novel so write a short story why not and eventually I just started to amass this like this wealth of short stories and I thought why not just send them start sending them out and um, I found this website called um, the submission grinder um, and if you Google that, it's like an active directory of publishers um, who are accepting and rejecting manuscripts, and it's updated constantly. Um, and so I started sending short stories out to these places, and before I knew it, they were getting published, and I eventually led on to one of them foolishly agreeing to publish my novel as well. <laughs> <laughs> So was that magazines or journals that that they were published in? Uh, No, they were independent publishers. Um, So the first couple were published within anthologies, um, uh, paperback and e-book. And then eventually I found one in London called Black Dog Books. Mm. um, And they agreed to publish my first standalone short story, which is very good of them. they then very kindly agreed to turn it into an audio book as well and hired a, um, hired a voice actor to do that. That was really awesome. Really surreal to hear someone else read your work that you've only ever read mentally in your own head. Um, and then after that, it, Black Dog Books agreed to take on the novel as well. I just kind of had this novel sitting in a drawer. Um, 
it was absolutely appalling as far as I was concerned. It was all, I was watching a lot of X-Files at the time, watching a lot of um, kind of UFO abduction stories on uh, YouTube and things like that. And um, there were no books like that out there at the time. And so I decided to write it and it just sat in the digital drawer for two years. And it just said, hey, do you fancy this as well? If you don't want it, it's fine. No one else did. It's like, no, no, we'll have that. So it's like, oh, brilliant. And it was just a published novelist like that. So what's the title of your novel, Tom? Uh, it's called The Hostiles. Um, and the publisher put a subtitle on it uh, called Storm Area 51. I don't know if you remember, but it was this really weird thing like three years ago where hashtag Storm Area 51 was happening. Um, and it was apparently because, I don't know, I don't know if they were unearthing the aliens or moving the aliens at the time. This really weird thing got out on social media that, you know, all the aliens are on show or something. So they had hashtag Storm Area 51. So I think it was to piggyback on the back of that oh, hashtag right, okay. in order to sell the book. So it's the Hostiles Storm Area 51 because Area 51 features predominantly in it. Fantastic. Okay, that's fine. So, Tom, I know that um, you have a job, a couple of jobs, in fact. And so how do you fit writing in? How do you get into a schedule and a routine of writing? Um, badly. Um, <laughs> how um, I have to do it. I get up at five, five in the morning and write until probably about half seven, eight o'clock, then walk the dog, then go to work. So I don't start writing at five o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm talking to people on Facebook. I'm messing around on Twitter. Um, playing games on my phone um, I have absolutely no restraint whatsoever from my phone I'm not ashamed to admit that um, so 5 o'clock in the morning is the time for me, phone's still on the floor and that is the time for me to write that is the only way I can write and sometimes as well I don't even pretend to write for all that time often I'll st sit and stare at the screen for 3 hours and write 12 words other, other times I'll write a couple of thousand I mean there's there's no art to it. All I, I would advise any aspiring authors to just get in that kind of routine of teaching your brain that that is the time to write. That is your time to write. This is writing time. You're not getting distracted by anything else. Um, and remember that it's not a race. You're only racing yourself, if you like. Okay. That's really useful to hear. So at the moment, are you do you, do you still write short stories and novels? Do you dip, did you mix between the two? Well, it's it's funny because my, all my short stories are based in the same place. So they're based in a fictional location called Grenton Village, which encompasses a lot of the furnace area where I'm from. Um, and the novel, The Hostiles, to some degree, mentions it but it was very much kind of a standalone novel, not part of that universe. Uh, since I was picked up by an agent last year, I've started to write the first full-length Brenton Village um, novel, uh, and that's what's being circulated um, around publishers at the minute. And it features Brenton Village and Carlisle in Cumbria. Um, throughout the process, I've continued to write short stories Grenton Village short stories because a lot of the characters cross over in the whole universe of short stories and the novel as well. Um, and sometimes if I'm stripping to write the character, I'll remember what they're about 
I'll look back over those short stories and maybe write another one just to re-familiarise myself with the character before I could return to the novel again. Plus, it's a brilliant way to procrastinate from actually doing the work my agent has <laughs> Research. Research. So in terms of your process when you're writing a novel, so you, you work early in the morning, are mm. you a plotter or a pantser? Definitely a plotter. You're 100% a plotter. Um, short stories, I just dive into it. I don't plot at all. Novels, I have to plot. Um, how I plot is I make a PowerPoint slideshow and I do a slide per chapter and have bullet points on each slide. Um, and then I'll sit down and write. And if there becomes a point where I just kind of stop and hit writer's block, refer back to the PowerPoint, go to the relevant slide, find a, a bullet point to jump off and jump back off from that bullet point. Um, and when I go back to edit again, it's obvious where the, the gaps are, but they're easier to fill in than losing your momentum completely, if you like. Um, it's only with this most recent book, which we sent out to public, we sent out to publish with, with the idea of maybe doing a sequel, where I was forced to actually write a synopsis for the next book, which isn't written yet, which was terrifying. Um, but having that synopsis, synopsis, I'm now able to go off it um, and it's been easier to refer back to while I've been writing the sequel to my most recent book. What's your top tip for writing a synopsis? <sighs> Look at your PowerPoint slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, very much that kind of thing, just bullet point and then try and make it legible. Do you, do you find that now that you're agented it's given you more focus is it is it making you be more focused with your writing um kind of yeah because agents she's she's been there to bounce ideas off um she's done a substantial amount of editing something i would never have expected of like you hear all these kind of horror stories about agents but she's done so much editing on my book far beyond kind of what I ever expected her to do. Um, she's advised me on what is commercial. She works regularly with all the editors of the publishers she's targeting. She knows what they're looking for. She can tailor the novel to uh, appeal to them more. And this is all guidance that you might not have if you don't have an agent. Um, anybody will know it's very difficult to approach the more well-known traditional publishers without an agent and getting that agent is an absolute nightmare in the first instance still don't really know how i did it kind of thing it was it was after thousands and i mean thousands of queries and emails i think i must have tried every other agent in the country um <laughs> before i got to her she's probably listening to this now and thinking what have i done but um <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not an e it's no easy thing and I empathise with anybody going through the process at the minute of trying to get an agent because it's a nightmare, but just keep the faith. Um, set, set yourself a deadline of what kind of a point of how many agents you're going to contact. And after you've contacted so many or waited so long, you may want to adapt your um, submission um, and try something. I don't know. Not necessarily, I'm not necessarily meaning change the whole novel. I'm talking about maybe adapting it slightly to maybe be more commercial, look at the bookseller, look at what's trending. Um, you may have to adapt. Look at the trends. 
Yeah, that's really, really useful advice. Really useful advice. There was a time, I, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, where everything was a girl in the... <laughs> uh, so it was a girl in the cottage or a girl on the train or a girl on this and, you know, and... and Holiday as well. Holiday was a word that pre- featured predominantly. Even just changing the book title to match those trends. I mean, what's the title? Um, can make it seem more appealing. So just keep an eye on those things. They're the kind of things that can give you an edge. Absolutely great. And I think uh, we we tend to we have a bit of a niche question, which we always tend to ask people who come on the podcast. I'm going to let Rachel. It's my fault. He started it. Ominous, <laughs> ominous. Okay. So my fault. Yeah, I'll I'll ask it because it's my fault. So when we first we did our first podcast about what's your favourite ever book, mine's Wuthering Heights, and I just throw away comment that was the book I'll be buried with. So, what book will you be buried with? Um, probably a stake in me. No, um, <laughs> it's very, very difficult to pick your favourite book. Um, so, I'm going to cheat and give you a couple. Um, one of my favourite books is um, "The Wasp Factory" by Ian Banks, um, just because I like really weird fiction. Um, American Psycho and Fight Club as well. Um, that, that kind of transgressive fiction that I think would never get published today. Um, yeah. That's kind of why I admire it as well. And I think the classics can teach us a lot as well. Um, I really like the succinct writing of um, The Strange Case of uh, Dr. Jacqueline and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson and as well The Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. I think they're two really short, succinct um, books that can teach us a lot about pace and how not to overwrite yeah very interesting isn't it about that question of what would be published today and, yeah um, and i you know i look at wuthering heights which i think is an amazing book but actually when oh. you look really closely at that central relationship it's so damaged yeah i'm not sure that would be published today. it's really interesting the publishers <laughs> i've been speaking to recently they're not looking for gritty fiction coming out like this is what I talk about trends coming out of lockdown they're looking for a more positive yeah. outlook um things that not necessarily have a happy ending but have a resolution and that what was popular in kind of the gritty thrillers of two years ago it isn't isn't necessarily commercial anymore um so I think a lot of stuff can have a resurgence but it's it's important to consider that what you write what you started writing two years ago might not be it might not be best to send it out now, however tempting that may be. Sometimes it's best to just maybe write a short story for a while and just wait for a period to pass, and then maybe target those agent, agents. Yeah, no, I think that's really, really useful advice. But it's something you probably don't think about when you're really wrapped up in your own writing and your own space in time, when that's something that you've given your all to. for. Yeah, totally. You think you've finished it, now I want to get a shot of it. You know, that's, yeah. that's what you want to do. Yeah, completely yeah. empathise with that, and I've done it. That's probably I'm blocked by every agent and publisher in the <laughs> in the country, apart from my agent and whoever she sent my book to. Of. <laughs> oh, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure and a real breath of fresh air speaking to you tonight. Thank you so much for agreeing to come to speak to us. It's been yeah, it's been, been great to speak to you too as well. If anybody would like to speak to me on Twitter, my handle is uh, that Tom Ashton, and I'm happy to answer <laughs> any questions about writing. Yeah, that Tom Ashton. 
That's how people refer to me as that's my shit. <laughs> Thanks for the having me. Next time I'm in Barra, I'll knock on the door. <laughs> Do it. We'll go for a pint. <laughs> thank you. All right, Tom. Thank you very much. Our next mini episode, as part of the North Ember series, is coming very soon. We'll be catching up with Matt Cook, author of Life on Other Planets, which was published this summer. You can subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode, and follow us on Instagram, The Northern Connection, or on Twitter, at NorthernConPod.